0: Seven pressed treading water and ain't you a head on a swivel yeah it's only really my surroundings welcome to episode 19 of the smash except podcast i'm your host michael royer you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. I don't know about you guys, but that that intro music is getting me more and more every time, man. I mean, I am I know I'm a classic dad, but I'm getting pumped over here. You know, I'm feeling great about things. It is Christmas time. You know, we're getting around there. But even more importantly, it's week 14. Uh, myself, no water today. Breaking out the beer. You can tell I don't drink very often. Honestly, I got the Oktoberfest going. But it's time to celebrate. You know, the guys in my leagues call me Mr. Bye because – 12 leagues. I got nine first round buys. So I get to enjoy this fantasy week. You know, I'd get to a lot of us are on pins and needles here. But the episode today, we're going to tell you about some guys that you guys should be focusing in on for your fantasy playoffs. We're going to talk about my man Carson Wentz here behind. Uh, and the episode is basically it's called, you know, Carson Wentz is benched. Man, that hurts. So we're going to introduce over here uh, to my co-host Mung. How you doing today? And, uh, you know, how are things looking for your fantasy playoffs this week?
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Welcome to the most wonderful time of year, the fantasy playoffs. And uh, unlike you, Mike, I don't have buys in most of my leagues, but I do have a couple here and there. So I actually, uh, I don't mind if Christian McCaffrey sits out one more week because I have him uh, on a buy for that team. So I don't quite need him yet. I'd rather get him back uh, 100% healthy here. But yeah, good luck to all you guys. Uh, As always, you can find my article's over at Fantrax, and you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G.
0: I love it. You know, I made a couple of trades here for Christian McCaffrey. Even, even today, you know, I traded James Robinson and DJ Moore for McCaffrey on a team where I'm on by, you know, and the guy messaged me. He's like, man, that must nice. hurt. And I go, not at all. I got Christian McCaffrey going into week 15. And when I take down the championship, you know, you guys are going to be a little upset about that. Now, John, it is Christmas time you know, and I don't know about your kids, but there's the elf on the shelf at my house. We have the Wentz on a bench, you know, and I'm going to put that picture up of my Funko Pop here later. Um, yeah. Hey, oh, dad joke alert. But, you know, I, I know you had, were privy to some information here that some of our listeners weren't and the, the conversation at the end of the week here between Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers. And I know you you caught some of that glimpse and uh, yeah, I Feel that's like maybe right. we should reenact it for our listeners here a little bit.
2: Yeah, this is hilarious. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's been around a while, walks up to Wednesday at the end of the game and just says, I guess you could say your job came in Wentz there.
0: Yeah, and and I'm I'm gonna as the resident ginger, I'm gonna fill in for Carson Wentz here. And I was like, Very funny, Aaron.
2: Hurts, doesn't it?
0: Oh, that's our dad joke for the day. You know, we got the, the elf on the shelf there, we got the the Wentz on a bench, we got it all out there rolling for you dad guys. Joke alert. But now let's get into some things here. I mean, obviously Carson Wentz heads of the bench now. Jalen Hurts is going to be taking over here. But Wentz after struggling, I mean, they were 3-8 and 1, he has 16 to 15 TD to INT ratio over the last 12 games. 27 years old, leads the NFL in turnovers with 19 sacks with 50 and he just signed a major contract. I mean, 4 years, 128 million dollars. And in steps Jalen Hurts. And guys, I'm a big Eagles guy. He looked good. I mean, what do you guys see from Jalen Hurts? We have a lot of listeners. I'm getting questions like, hey, dad, or hey, smash except Pod. What do I do with Jalen Hurts? I mean, should I throw him in my lineup already? And he gets thrown to the wolves, right? I mean, no defense has looked better over the last four or five weeks than the New Orleans Saints. What are you guys thinking first before we get into the value of Carson Wentz, but of Jalen Hurts prospects here for the end of the season? I mean, he put up a solid fantasy fantasy day. I mean, when they were keying on him to run, which he ran the first several plays, you know, it was a, a real quick read and then run. But then they started keying on the run, and he made some nice passes. So, John, let's we'll start with you. You know, what, were you impressed with Jalen Hurts? And is he somebody that you're willing to try to throw out there for the fantasy playoffs?
2: I'll start by saying, yeah, I, I really like Hurts. I think he's a gamer. You know, he comes in, and all of a sudden, it just feels different, right? and you you could tell he's making plays he's making things happen. he came in pretty much cold off the bench, but he just looks sharper than wince did he's add he adds the element to his rushing capability and and so we really got to watch this closely with Hertz down the stretch if he does continue to show he's a gamer, maybe gets leads Philly to a couple of wins. he could actually start next season as kind of the 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 new incumbent starter um so look, I mean, I think that he is a, is a strong player, but I, I would be very careful here to answer your other question. No, I would not be putting him in my lineups, especially this week. Philly is still kind of a disaster. Okay. The offensive line is terrible. He actually got sacked three times in this, in the amount of time he played. And, and so um, I'm not throwing him in any of my playoff lineups unless I am completely desperate. I do think that his um, rushing capability does help raise his floor a little bit. And if you go back and look at his, his college stats, I mean, man, he he, he rushed a ton. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that aspect of him, but it, no way am I considering him in the playoffs right now, even in Superflex leagues.
0: Yeah, I agree. If you took him in Superflex, you know, in that mid-second to late-second, uh, you're, you're very happy right now. I mean, you're getting a starter. Yeah. If you got him as a throw-in, like we suggested multiple times on this podcast, you're extremely thrilled with that. But I mean, it's not to be overlooked. He had over 12 fantasy points in less than less than one half. You know, against a solid Green Bay defense. Um, what was nice to see is he had that 29 rushing yards. I feel like there's probably a floor of 50 rushing yards for Jalen Hurts, which is nice for your fantasy team. Um, you know, I, I feel like you're probably in total agreement. I know you've talked about that Saints defense for this week, but you look at Week 15, he gets Arizona, and Week 16, he gets Dallas. This is a guy to monitor here a little bit because by the time we get to Week 16. He could be somebody that really we always see that one guy that drives you through to the fantasy playoffs and is is becomes a, a capable starter here. What are your thoughts of him, you know, this year? And do you see this as a Jalen Hurts team or a Carson Wentz team going forward?
1: Yeah, like John said, I certainly wouldn't be trusting him this week against the Saints. Uh, you know, you're not taking that chance in the first week of the playoffs where you could be one and done. Uh, but to your point, he does get Dallas in week 16, which is a great matchup. We saw Baltimore uh, and Lamar Jackson ran for a touchdown and quite a few yards. And, you know, really against the Saints this week, it's kind of a mirror matchup because Taysom Hill is a similar prospect to Jalen Hurts, where both of them have that rushing capability. Um, we'll see how much Jalen Hurts gets to pass against the Saints secondary. But I mean, going forward the Eagles really have nothing to lose. They've seen Wentz for the better part of, I mean, not just this year, for, but the better part of a season this year. And clearly he struggled. And I think that Hertz has a real chance to potentially establish himself as a starter going into 2021. So
0: I, I love that insight from, from Jalen Hurts for you guys, you know, um, he's not going to be obtainable right now, you know, as far as buying, now is not the time to, to try to buy Jalen Hurts. You know, I feel like people are going to want that first. They're going to want that immediate payoff. Um, Carson Wentz in the past, you know, we look at two years ago, he had an MVP caliber year before the injury. It was that three years ago now already. You know, last year he showed some some glimpses and took him into the playoffs and then he got that concussion. This year has been a dumpster fire. You know, he just looks lost. Um, from what I've watched, when he's in that RPO and he, and he doesn't think, He's reactive. He still can make those big plays because he makes plays that there is only a handful of guys in the NFL that can make. But he makes so many poor choices. You know, it's it's between the ears that really seems to be struggling for Carson Wentz. And that has a lot of people worried. You know, is it a matter of we were before the season? I had him in that top 10 QB range, you know, for Superflex like a lot of people. Right now, you know, I was looking at DTC. They have him at QB 17. And I feel like that's kind of the area that he belongs right now. You know, it's with a lot of other unknown quarterbacks or or guys getting up there in age. Um, but there's a lot of dynasty trades going on right now with Carson Wentz. And I wanted to talk about him with you guys. And I wanted to see where we talk about it all the time on the Smash Accept podcast. Strike while the iron's hot. Make those moves. Be aggressive. And if you believe in Carson Wentz, like some of these owners did, they made some great moves in their opinion. If you feel like now's the time to get out, you know, they made those. And we're going to kind of give you some insight here. So the first one uh, sent in from a fan of the show, personal friend of mine, Joey Hartraft. He had, he made a trade in one of my leagues where he gave up Carson Wentz and, or no, he, I'm sorry. He bought Carson Wentz and Devin Singletary for Cortland Sutton in a 12 team super flex uh, points per carry league where he is, he's got the 101. So congrats to you, Joey. You, you got yourself Trevor Lawrence. So, now he, got, he doesn't have a, a great second quarterback, so he trades Cortland Sutton here to get Wentz and Singletary. What do you guys think of that deal? We'll start with you, Mung. Is Wentz and Singletary enough for Cortland Sutton if you're kind of rebuilding and trying to, you know, it is a very quarterback-friendly league, may I point out, six-point passing touchdowns, which to me, there's a big difference between those four-point passing touchdowns and those six-point passing touchdowns in Superflex. It really almost puts them above where most of our leagues we talk about, they're all trying to stay in that same range, when you go six quarterback six point quarterback touchdowns, it changes things a lot. What do you think of this deal?
1: It's not terrible from a value standpoint. I understand, especially if Wentz reclaims a starting gig, whether it's in Philadelphia or elsewhere, then this could certainly work out. But personally, I'm pretty high on Cortland Sutton. Um, we saw that he, had, he made some amazing catches last year when he was healthy. Uh, I believe he tore his ACL pretty early on in the season. So hopefully he should be ready to start the year next season. So for me, I'd rather have Sutton with that wide receiver one upside, given the risk that Wentz could go the way of, you know, Josh Rosen, Jameis Winston, some other quarterbacks that we've seen where they might have just had some down years and maybe they had the chance to bounce back. But, you know, the league moves on pretty quickly. So whether or not he actually does remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, and Twitter has this at 80-20 right now. You know, 80% they're going with the Cortland Sutton side. And that's a lot of recency bias there for sure. I mean, I feel like this is the deal where if I'm dealing Cortland Sutton, I probably want a Michael Pittman type, or I want a, a, a rookie wide receiver who might not have hit yet, a Denzel Mims. By the way, guys, go buy Denzel Mims. I mean, the target share has been fantastic. He's looked good. But if you can get a guy like that plus Carson Wentz. But, John, is this a move where, you know, we're looking at, He's rebuilding, right? So a lot of people on Twitter are saying, well, why would you want Carson Wentz if you're rebuilding? But he gets a chance here where he might package Carson Wentz if something, you know, Carson Wentz gets a change of scenery. Or let's say Jalen Hurts struggles for a couple games and they go back to Carson Wentz. Is this a buy low on Carson Wentz or do you think this is a slight overpay?
2: Yeah, I think that this is is a slight overpay for, for Wentz here, but this is this is so interesting, right? It's kind of tearing apart Twitter right now. It it really people that's all why over the right? place on what to why do we with. Started wins.
0: smash except that's and, why we started the group. Yeah, so we're to, gonna break, to break, break down these things you. down, and I know it's difficult.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, and I have put a lot of research into this, I and mean, we're all we're all gamblers, right? But you know, when you're sitting down at at a, at a table in Vegas or you're playing DFS, you always got to know like. How much risk? How aggressive are you gonna be? Are you gonna play tight or you're gonna really go for it? Right. And so in a rebuild, hey, how much do you want to gamble on on this guy wins? He's shown he can do it. He's won a Super Bowl. Oh wait. No, he didn't well, actually he win that it. Super Bowl. Didn't really win that. Uh,
1: that's my no, bad he, he, again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he does have a, a lot of the tools that NFL franchises are are going to want and look for. Here's the other thing. Um Doug Peterson could be on his way out. You guys got to think about that angle. He's recently, there's some smoke building that he's tired of the situation in Philly. He could move on. So someone else comes in. Wentz, in many ways, is more of a prototypical type quarterback with the height, arm strength, the ability to make plays that a lot of coaches and even GMs are looking for. And let me just read this quote from Doug Peterson here, too. Quote, I looked at the whole thing and decided that for this week, Look for that spark again to try to get the team over the hump, to try to get everybody playing better. End quote. Okay, he yeah okay, uh, coach speak and everything else, but he basically said for this week he's looking for a spark. They have not given up on Wentz. Could Wince earn his job back there? Yeah, definitely. Could um could it be with another coach Peterson? Probably even more likely. I, I think that we might, in my opinion, have seen the last of Peterson and Wince though. So if I just had to bottom out on this. I'm not taking a lot of risk on wins myself. I'm, if I have them, I'm trying to get rid of them. If you can get a first, that's a smash right now. If you get a couple of seconds maybe, I would go for it. Second and anything else, I'd go for it. When you get beyond that, um, I might be careful because you got to be careful about selling low here. right? I think Mung and I have kind of settled in that his current market value is around the second, maybe a mid to high second that's kind of the range you can look for. If you could do better than that, smash it baby.
0: Yeah. It, it's a tricky situation. You know, I know uh, at another guy to follow at the dynasty lefty, um, you know, he was tagged in that and you guys have been doing a great job tagging all the smash except crew, you know, on, on trades and putting your hashtag smash accept. But I mean, if you look at what Carson Wentz did in 2017, I mean, 33 touchdowns and 13 starts with only seven interceptions. I mean, he was right up there and that was with Frank Reich. And you know, people are are doing a lot of speculation. And I know, among you, you had commented on that. And sometimes we don't really pay attention to the monetary things. But let's say Carson Wentz leaves Philadelphia. You know, I don't think there's a situation where Peterson and Wentz coexist anymore. It's going to be one or the other. And they paid him. And it's going to be really tough and really tricky to get rid of him but let's say theoretically he goes to the Colts and now he gets Pittman and he gets Hilton and he gets a great offensive line and he gets Frank Reich which is when Frank Reich left town Carson Wentz was a different quarterback you know he just doesn't quite look the same is there an opportunity where if you buy right now for a mid to early second that value recoups fairly quickly monk? oh yeah
1: Yeah. And real quick, you mentioned his, you know, he's had great years in the past and not to get sidetracked too much, but I don't know if you guys have heard the conspiracy theory that Carson Wentz uh, switched lives with Prince Harry, and that's why oh, that uh, is, Prince that's Harry amazing. and Michael are, are leaving. Love, Love it. They're leaving royal life, and this is when Carson Wentz started struggling on the field. Um, I heard that one the other day, and I thought it was really. Well, I'm going to present
0: it to you. I mean, which is a better situation, being quarterback for the Eagles or being married to Megan? You know, I mean, that's, that's a different kind of you game. You go with the latter
1: You go with the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, going back to your question, if he does reunite with Frank Reich, then sure, his value bounces back immediately, right? I mean, whether he actually succeeds or not, his dynasty value will immediately bounce back. Um, and that's why I have him pegged uh, around an early second round in superflux formats right now, because he could bounce back. But at the same time, I don't know that I'd pay a first for him because we don't know for sure that that's going to happen. That's a popular theory because of the coaching tenure that Reich had in Philadelphia. But at the same time, as you said, with the monetary aspect, you know, he's they're on the hook for him for $60 million, if, and they would have to trade a, a draft pick for him. Oh, so it's those are obstacles of, you know, whether or not that's going to happen. But, yeah, the upside
0: is definitely there. Yeah, if you guys check out spotrack.com, you know, you can check out guys' different – you know, their, their contracts and all their situations. And, I mean, right mm-hmm. now – if they were to cut the cap hit for next year would be 34.6 million million if they cut Carson Wentz which would also give them 59 million in dead cap so it's 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 impossible yeah. to cool, cut Carson Wentz I mean that's that's hit. literally impossible that would destroy the team and it doesn't get easier i mean 2022 it's a 31 million dollar hit 30 2023 36 million dollar hit and 2024 32 million dollar hit so he is not getting cut you know people are talking about that on twitter and they're just not educating themselves on what's going on with the situation now is there a way they trade him and possibly you know rework a deal and try to do some things like that yes but let's be honest i mean there is no way carson wentz is is getting cut um another great fan of the show plays in a league with me uh his name's brett it's at one t brett he's very specific with that i put him in the group chat and i put his name as brett with two t's he's like yo even my twitter handle is one t brett okay get it out get it out of your system um, he made a trade where he got Drew Brees a late 21 first and a late 21 second for Carson Wentz. John, you said if you can get any first for Carson Wentz, smash, except now all of a sudden you add Drew Brees and a second to it. Any any question at all?
2: Oh, that's a smash. You could spell my name with three T's and I would I would take that. That's that's the dad joke
0: of the day right there. You could spell it with three T's. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of stuff we need to be bringing in here. I just feel like there's a lot of people thinking that Drew Brees is out there. The cowbell's loading a little late, but, you know, we got to smash that one for sure, right?
1: You know, I love that 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 sound. No, not at all.
0: Uh, I'll I'll, uh, second that. Yeah, sorry the cowbell was you know late firing up here. I got my, my I mean, victory beers for all my bye weeks. You know what I mean? It's, it's tough getting it all going.
2: Yeah, but hey, for a sec there, let's talk Breeze for just a quick second because um, we talked about this scenario, right, Mung? You, you asked this question. Breeze comes back. Do we have a situation where Taysom Hill versus Breeze? Um, I, what it looks like is Breeze is still not a practice and we're going to have another Taysom Hill week, but week 15 and 16 of the playoffs, Breeze comes back. He could actually help you. Um I, I think that there's a, there's a more likely scenario that if he comes back healthy, he could end up starting here this season. So think about that too.
0: I agree with that completely. Um, yeah. We're, talk, we're talking about practice, though. I mean, sorry. Talking about <laughs> practice again, John. Not a, game,
2: <laughs> not a game. Not a game.
0: Not a game. You know, he's a franchise player. We're talking about practice. Um, the funny thing is. I'm seeing a lot of people still paying first round picks for Taysom Hill. And, uh, you know, it's a tricky situation here because you might not even have him for all of your fantasy playoffs. You know, you're gonna, you might lose him here. And uh, it it definitely creates a, a, an interesting situation we've been talking about for weeks. Kamara kind of bounced back. Michael Thomas seems to be the, you know, the resurgence here with Taysom Hill at quarterback. What do you think of this situation going forward, Mung? And, uh, you know, how are you treading, treading the waters here with that Saints offense?
1: Yeah, and I had mentioned you know a couple of weeks ago that Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith conundrum, uh, you know, akin to that, but that was more so for real life purposes. I think you know down the stretch here, uh, especially against Kansas City in Week 15, I think the Saints will want to have Breeze back. Um, but as far as Taysom Hill goes, I think a first round pick is still about right for him because we're talking about long term here. Even if Drew Breeze does come back in Week 15 or 16. It sounds like he's pretty close to retirement maybe as soon as this off season, we don't know. And if that's the case, then I do think that Taysom Hill is probably a top 12 ish, you know, quarterback for fantasy purposes with that rushing production.
0: Yeah. He's really been taking it. You know, he did get two opportunities here against the, against the Falcons, you know, which is, is great for anybody's fantasy perspective here, but Taysom Hill has looked the part, you know, he has actually played very well. Um, And I have, you know, I'm willing to pay a second for him here right now, but it, it's tough. I don't think anybody's willing to sell for a second. I think everybody wants that first round pick, and it, it gets into an, an interesting situation completely around here. One last pick since you trade since we talked about this uh, at Jay underscore DFF Jacob Vines. You know, we've t- we've referenced his trades a couple of times. He actually said um, he just sent a trade. And he's not quite sure how to feel about it. But a super flex dynasty league, he traded Taysom Hill for Carson Wentz. You know, and if you have a situation where you have let's say you have two quarterbacks that, you know, you're going to be starting in the fantasy playoffs. John, we'll start with you. Are you willing to give up Taysom Taysom Hill for Carson Wentz if you have two starting quarterbacks that you are believing in?
2: Yeah. I, first of all, I really respect the guy. Super interesting trade, but you, you do kind of have to convince yourself that Taysom is not the future in New Orleans. I personally believe Breeze is going to hang it up. Like I said, I think that might give him some time down the stretch here if he's healthy. So I, I would actually rather have Taysom here. Great debate, but with all the investment that they have in Taysom Hill and in the success that he's already had, he's starting to look like you know a better passer. Again, Atlanta, but He did have a career-high 37 pass attempts in week 13. He looks really good. He's getting it done on the ground. They're winning games with Taysom Hill, and you you could picture them continuing to build around him in the draft, that defense. So I've convinced myself that Taysom Hill is worth more than Wentz right now. And so uh, while I think that that is a pretty interesting trade and worth debating, I'm on the Taysom side.
0: Yeah. Twitter actually has it 70% on the Carson Wentz side. You know, if you go on Twitter, Twitter is the mob, you know, we love you guys, but they overreact city, you know, and that's why, why we try to break things down here for you. But I mean, Taysom Hill with 232 passing yards, two touchdowns, 83 rushing yards. That's been better than Carson Wentz has done pretty much all season, you know? So I don't see why that's a scenario that, that people want to make those type of decisions. On the flip side, Mung, I know you've wrote some articles here about Taysom Hill, but what do we do with Jameis Winston at this point? You know, I mean, like we thought he was going to get an opportunity. Is he worth a low key speculative buy or are you in on Taysom Hill?
1: No, I'm uh, I think I've kind of solidified myself as a Winston I, hater I, and, you know, nothing I want to love
0: him, right? Like I'm a Chris Godwin lover. So He made Chris Godwin look great. He made Mike Evans look great because he was just forcing it in there, which, you know, Brady doesn't quite like to force it. So, Sorry, I had to get out there a little bit, you know. Well, who would
2: win in an interception contest between Wentz and Winston, right? Ooh. There's the real question.
0: Wentz and Winston. You know Winston can throw more interceptions than than Carson Wentz. He does it with the best of them. If he starts from here on out, he still might beat Carson Wentz in interceptions this year. I
1: think, think right. you're right. Sorry to
0: cut you off, Mung. So you're you're completely out on Jameis Winston. Would you pay a third in the super flex?
1: I mean, yeah, maybe a third just because, I mean, the upside potential starting quarterback but you know I'm not paying a second certainly not a first which I've seen a couple Twitter polls here or there and if Winston does start next year I don't think it's going to be the Saints I mean I've talked about this before I've written about it Jameis Winston's contract runs through this year that's it Um, Taysom Hill the Saints already owe him 12 million dollars for next year we don't know if the salary cap is going to decline with the COVID situation from this current season based on revenues. And the Saints are in a terrible cap situation. I just don't see any way that they're going to spend additional money to sign Jameis Winston to an extension when they're already paying $12 million for Hill.
0: So sticking with the Superflex quarterback position here, um, same game, Matt Ryan. A lot of people are asking me, hey, what do we do with Matt Ryan? Can I start Matt Ryan in the fantasy playoffs? Coming off 19 for 39. You know, if you're in a league like, like the Scott Fishbowl where you lose points for incompletions, maybe Matt Ryan is struggling this year. 273 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Julio looked, you know, fairly healthy again. Calvin Ridley, five for 108. But that Falcons offense is, is, is struggling. Are you, are you willing to start Matt Ryan in your fantasy playoffs? Sorry. Got a little bit of dog barking going, but are you guys willing to start Matt Ryan or is that somebody we need to pivot off of as soon as possible? Or have we missed a boat?
2: It was like those dogs were like drowning you out, like trying to convince you, like, just stop talking about Matt Ryan. Like, yeah, nobody to wants to hear on. about like, Matt Ryan. Let's right. Get off this, nobody cares. No, I think you could still start Matt Ryan here. Um, he, he definitely is a different guy when he's got a healthy Julio, so that's kind of a question mark there, but. Uh, the way the Atlanta defense is playing, he, they seem like they have to air it out every week. Um, I consider him as a, as a QB2 right now, and that's okay. Uh, you, you're probably still playing him, especially in Superflex. So, okay, yeah. Give me Matt Ryan as a QB2.
0: Let's move over to Detroit versus Chicago game. So, people are asking a lot of questions, sticking with the name Matt. Matthew Stafford had a resurgence, right? 402 yards, three touchdowns against a, a very solid Bears defense. Marvin Jones stepped up. It sounds like Kenny Galladay is on the mend and might might be playing. DeAndre Swift is is Matthew Stafford someone who you're willing to and take understanding that I have him on almost you know all of my Dynasty Superflex leagues because he ends up being cheap. Monk, is Matthew Stafford someone that we should we should consider that we can po- plug in our lineup as a QB two here going down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on your other options, right? Because Green Bay is not super scary this week, although there is concern that with DeAndre Swift potentially back, this could be much more a much more run-heavy approach here this week. And then Week 15 against Tennessee, uh, they haven't been able to stop anyone, so you're firing up Stafford there for sure. Week 16 it gets Dicey with uh, against Tampa Bay here, um, at that point it would kind of depend on your other QB2 options.
0: Yeah, I mean, Matthew Stafford's a guy that I think year in and year out, you know, is a guy that's one of the cheaper options at that super flex position. Um, DeAndre Swift is coming back this week. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson, another great game, seven receptions, 84 yards. John, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I mean, Mm -hmm. is TJ Hawkinson your tight end three? Or is there another guy who really blew blew up this week that you really are are considering putting above TJ Hawkinson right now?
2: there there is and you know i'm trying not to be the the react in, in the moment kind of guy like like we, we we call the twitter mob a little bit but i i do i have i have darren waller as my tight end three i love this guy um i think i mentioned this on another pod um i look i'm, I'm very big on tj hawks so i'll come back to that i but i got close to 100 percent ownership on waller at one point and i was i basically bought him up during the off season um and and had him just nearly everywhere. Just get him off the waiver wire and late in drafts. Yeah, it was free. Um, So I I just really love what he's doing there and where they're going. First of all, I don't know if you guys heard this. His performance in week 13 was the sixth highest tight end fantasy performance of all time. Like number six.
0: Yeah, I mean, 13 receptions, 200 yards, two two
2: touchdowns. Two (laughs) C-notes and a couple touchdowns. Yeah. So – Remember remember what the, the knock on him was, okay? It was there's no way that he can sustain these kind of targets and receptions. You were gonna see some regression there, and it was he never gets in the end zone. Well, the regression thing, you can you can kill that. He's actually outpacing his year um, from last year, and he's got the seven touchdowns already, he's more than doubled what he had last year. And here's the thing Gruden's system very much favors the tight ends. And the running backs mm-hmm. it just does so you know he's going to continue to be a big part of their play calling um look the stats are there but just watch the games it's like the guy is open on every freaking play and then yeah. you you do try to man up on him and or or bracket him he just comes down with the ball in fact a lot of times that i, I noticed that they they don't throw him he's still open and so um look i mean he he is a little bit older than hawkinson but remember, he didn't play for a couple of years there. He was out of the league. So he, he does have lower mileage. I just love he's 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 another kind of guy where he is the number one target guy. He's becoming a target hog. He's getting the touchdowns. He's an athletic freak. And he's he's proving it that he is a notch above. Right now, again, Kelsey's in a tier of his own, but then it's Waller and then it's like Everyone else is a distant third after that, right now. Don't forget Kittle. So, I
0: just saw Mung, I just saw his facial reaction there, and he's. he's no, ready. I mean,
2: I, I mean, and, uh, <laughs> to be clear, because you know, I know I love yeah. Kittle. I'm trading oh, right for now, Kittle right yeah. now. I mean, this well, season it is Kelsey, it is Waller, and it is everyone else. So you're giving yourself a huge positional advantage. I, I actually have Kelsey and Waller on one team in a tight end premium league, and it, I, I'm in a buy situation. Those guys are like leading the way on my team in that
0: league. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely killing it. And I believe that the the tight end position is one that it's very, very predictable, you know, I, I feel like I bought Darren Waller everywhere for second round picks and a toss in or you know, Superflex, I gave the two oh two and people in those leagues, they were mocking me. They're like it was a one year wonder for Darren Waller. I mean, the situation we we kind of overreacted a little bit. Um mung, what do you think of Darren Waller going forward? And you know, are you ca- are you comfortable with him as that tight end three? obviously, for Superflex moving forward.
1: I have no issue with anyone who has him at three. Uh, I, I can see the arguments. Uh, me, personally, I have both Hawkinson and Andrews over him. Um, potentially one potentially Goddard as well, depending on what happens with Ertz here, likely to be gone next year. And the reason for that is just risk. And look, I understand that the age gap isn't that significant because as you said, the mileage hasn't been there, but still, you know, guys like Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson, they're going to be 20, they're 23, 24 years old and Darren Waller's 28. So that's the one. And two, the reason he hasn't had that mileage is because he was dealing with off field issues uh, centered around substance abuse. And, you know, I'm super happy for him. I hope he's over that. I hope he has a great, great career. But the risk is there, and and those two factors—the age and the potential off-field issues—just knock him down slightly below in that second tier behind Kittle and Kelsey for me.
0: I can see that. Uh, one guy I like to draw parallels here from because he was out of it, out of you know, in the position for a while. He didn't break out till late. I've been advocating to buy him all year long, and that's Logan Thomas. You know, Logan Thomas right now is the tight end seven and you could have got him for fourth round picks when we first started this podcast. Now, you know, you're going to have to pay a second and I'm still getting him thrown in as tossings because people are not waking up yet. I mean, Logan Thomas just got me in the Dynasty Refinery Listener League into the playoffs with his 29 point performance. I needed 28 in, in tight end premium. I mean, he balled out, you know, and I'm watching that Redskins game against a tough Pittsburgh defense. And, you know, he's... Nine for nine, 98 yards and a touchdown. And he looked fantastic. The guy is learning the position, you know, former quarterback with Buffalo. And Logan Thomas, I know he's 29 years old, you know, and that's the only that's the only caveat there. Like John said, kind of like Waller, not a lot of tread on the tires, right? He could last for several years here. And he's a guy that I'm willing to start in the fantasy playoffs Alex Smith seems to love him. I mean, if you look once Alex Smith took over, looking at, you know, 12, 12 points in week 10, only four in week 11, but 15 and 29 in 12 and 13. And he's never had below five targets. So, I mean, from your tight end position, I know it doesn't seem sexy, but Logan Thomas seems to look the part of a tight end one, John.
2: Yeah. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm buying in. I think, your point could you play this guy in the playoffs it looks like you can't he's getting certainly more targets than most tight ends are again Alex Smith what was he doing in that game he was dumping it off to mckissick and he was going to Logan Thomas and unfortunately like Mc- McLaren completely disappeared and uh you know I, I might heard. just add that hey could you pour one out for my boy Gibson you got the beer there just yeah thank Not you. My I mean, that was I I was basically cried myself to sleep that night. (laughs) It was brutal. You know how much I love Gibson, and I have him on my playoff teams. Thankfully, some of them are on buys. Um, I I know I'm digressing here, but I'm hoping it's not more than a one-week thing, but turf toe can be two to four weeks. So I'm hoping that he's back by week 15 because I have him on some playoff teams. But coming back to it, look, look, yes, I I don't have Logan Thomas in the tight end one uh, rankings for me yet. I'd rather go get somebody like Tanyan right now uh love where tanya ranks
0: right now tight end four you know i was looking at that last night and i offered him to a guy and a guy said who's robert tanya and i said who's robert tanya and he's the tight end four and in camp sometimes we forget about these guys there was buzz about waller there was buzz about logan thomas There was buzz about tanya and we're like yeah just put it on the back burner and that's the time to pick those dudes up i got tanya on almost every dynasty team i got logan thomas on almost every dynasty team because they're free You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the time where you need to have that open spot in your roster in the off season of four to five spots where you can buy into guys like this and and really make some moves. But, uh, you know, the other thing in Washington, you talked about Gibson. Let's talk about JD McKissick a little bit. I mean, JD McKissick comes in in relief 10 receptions, not the sexiest 18 point fantasy performance, but 18 points is good enough for an RB one, you know, and this week, You could do a lot worse than J.D. McKissick as as a guy to throw in your lineup. Um, I'm seeing a lot of guys getting him for a pair of thirds or a late second round pick. If you're a contender, I'm willing to give up a late second if he can get me into that next round, especially if I have Antonio Gibson knowing that I could get Gibson back in week 15, Mom. You like McKissick?
1: yeah and you know for the reason you stated right because he is such a pass catching running back he reminds me of kind of like theo riddick in detroit yeah. who for years was a ppr rb too but nobody cared about him because all he did was catch dump offs and you know that adds up in ppr formats
0: and that's a great parallel because he came from detroit right and that was like if he's not going to make it there and i know when the signing happened we're like there's so many running backs there in in washington but you know, he's, he's risen to the challenge and he's looked good. I mean, it's not flashy, it's not sexy, but if you can get him for a pair of thirds or a late second round pick, and that gets you to week 15, you know, a lot of times people really are hesitant to move those third and fourth round picks for me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to use those for players, those late seconds that are are a bit of a wild card. You know, you got a 12 to 20% chance of hitting on a second rounder, but by the time you get into that late second round, I would rather have a guy that gives me a chance to get into that chance for, you know,
1: eternal glory and win your, your championship rather you know, I'll than. I'll say this take a too. Risk. Um, John, you might want to cover your ears for this one. But uh, you know, on the off chance that this is turf toe and Antonio Gibson misses the fantasy playoffs, you know, Peyton Barber might be free. He's available on waiver wires and you know, McKissick's getting more work, but Barber's getting a few goal line touches here and there. So if you're desperate, you know, he's out there.
0: Yeah, Peyton Barber's the guy that you pick yeah. up in your fantasy league. It's kind of like when you're you're dating a fat chick, you really don't want to tell your friends about it. You know, no one's gonna be like, "Yo, I picked up Peyton Barber today." But you know, you Mike, we're live it. here.
2: We're live. Oh, we're live. Edit that uh, out or not? Yeah, uh,
0: corpulent or heavy or big. Thank bone. you. That's better. We might have just lost not. our heavy. Well, and I'm and still I'm still recovering
2: from mom's Gibson comment. I mean, I'm tearing up over here. He's talking about Peyton Barber. To,
0: I was trying to give you comedic relief because I saw you tearing up.
2: Yeah, thank you. No, I mean, I can't laugh at that one,
0: though, man. Um,
2: no, uh, no. So, yeah, Peyton Barber really did take the Gibson role, right? Um, I mean, McKissick only had five carries. Peyton Barber, I think, had something like 14. Um, and so, yeah, he's going to get the goal line carries. He got a touchdown. He's taking that Gibson role. Remember, Gibson wasn't getting as much in the game, What, but. but you know, how much are you going to trust Peyton Barber? Certainly nothing more than a flex. Don't get too cute with it. He's still Peyton Barber. Okay. No, that's a
0: 16 team second flex kind of guy, but it's a great point. I mean, Mung, you're always great with that thinking above and beyond, right? We all sometimes see the nose on the end of our face, but we got to think about what happens if this guy goes down, you know, if McKissick goes down, Peyton Barber's in for a decent role, or if they go up and they have to run the ball, I mean, that's, that's a great topic. Now, John, you talked about Terry McLaurin and our boy mm-hmm. Dynasty Jacobian. If you guys aren't following him, you know, new to the Smash Except crew has been the putting dude. out a lot of fire polls. And uh, you know, the one poll he put out today, everybody's talking about stefan Diggs, right? He wanted to get a, an idea. So Stefan Diggs versus Terry McLaurin, you know, 58% said McLaurin, 42% said <clears throat> Diggs, And some of the some of the polls he put out were very surprising, you know. 70% mm-hmm. said they take Diggs over DJ Moore. Yep. Uh 85% said they take Jefferson over Diggs. 55% to 45% said they would like Lamb versus D- Diggs. I mean, that blew my mind. 45% of people would prefer stefan Diggs and that just shows you know we're in that playoff realm. 57% mm-hmm. want Diggs over Calvin Ridley you know and i'm going to keep going over these think of some of them that really stick out to you um you know michael thomas 59% diggs 40% you know that's that's pretty close to me um we're looking yeah. at you know diggs 85% claypool 15 that makes sense diggs 92% judy 8 and you know they're they're all wow. in that range where you're like you're you're trying to get an idea of what what twitter's thinking um you know you got right now godwin is at 28% digs at 72%. So, is there any guys there? Are we overreacting on Stefan Diggs? I want to talk a little bit about Buffalo, right? Josh Allen is a guy where I talked about this on earlier episodes. I only have about six guys on my super flex teams. I mean, I'm in 12 teams, but I only got about six guys. It's Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Tua, you know, and, and those are those are the core group of guys that I have. And Josh Allen has, if you believed in him, you've reaped the rewards, right? Josh Allen looks fantastic this year and he gets that wide receiver one and Stefon Diggs has been great. Cole Beasley is serviceable. I mean, Cole Beasley is a borderline wide receiver 2 start on a week-to-week basis which really people don't want to believe that, right? I'm seeing p- contenders buying him for third round picks because he's that little white wide receiver that nobody really believes in, but he's putting in great numbers. And Gabriel Davis. I mean, that guy has really come out of nowhere where you probably got him in a fourth-round pick, or maybe he went undrafted. But he has looked fantastic over the last couple of weeks, and this Bills offense has no run game other than Josh Allen, but they look good. Talk to me about you know, what you guys hear based on the value of Stefan Diggs and you know, elaborate a little bit on, on Beasley and Gale, Gabriel Davis here for me, John. I can dig it. Dig it. hey ho. Dad groups everywhere today, you know? It's it's because of the Oktoberfest in December, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Um yeah, I I, I could definitely dig it. I, I think that um I'm with Jacobian here. He's he's gotta be up there in that like wide receiver five day range. There's there's a few guys where you're like, for sure, no. Uh like for me, Nuke, Adams, DK, AJ Brown, forget it. OK, but I'm glad you, you said it. that
0: because the poll he just did right now just yeah? came out. OK. Nuke is only winning 60-40 with Stephon I people I don't right, know what's that's, going that's on. The there. How many trolls were on, on that Twitter at one. one time? It's no, 84 people. One. It's not like it's it's three.
2: But look, I mean, here's what's happening is Buffalo has just completely abandoned the the running game. Okay, other than you know Josh Allen and man, it just looked abysmal. And you saw like the Zach Moss fumble like in their on their own like whatever two yard line. There I,
0: I could just see the coach be like, "Just get get hit the bench, kid." Um yeah, We didn't want to believe and, him right now, but if you look at yeah. Kyler Murray is .3 ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they have three eighty seven apiece. Russell Wilson has three eighty one, and Josh Allen has three seventy six. Like he's in that same. That's it, I play in points per carry leagues, but. He's in that same yeah. area right now, but no one values him that way.
2: Yeah, I, I, I watched the whole game. And unfortunately, I, I actually did have one playoff that I missed because of Josh Allen. Uh, it, it came down to like 10 points on the season. But I, he was just sitting back there and just carving up the 49ers. And they couldn't stop it. They were, they were going to Davis. They were going to Beasley. They were going to Daves, Or Josh Allen takes it himself. That offense is working. It's hard to stop. Yeah. And so all those guys, all the receivers, the tight ends, um, and, and Josh Allen, I mean, arrow is up on those guys, and and so I'm feeling really confident playing those guys down the stretch here. And you, in some cases, I could see some titles being won behind Josh Allen. I mean, the four touchdowns, the yardage, the rushing yardage floor, yeah, yeah, hot,
0: absolutely. Uh, so so wait, since week 12, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna test you here. Since week 12 of 2018. Where do you think Josh Allen ranks since that was his first start? 12, in all of fantasy football. So week twelve of twenty eighteen, okay. all last year and this year. What number is he?
2: All right, I'm going to have to be bold here.
0: What? He's the QB one. Nope.
2: No, I was going to say QB one over that
0: time. You know, Josh Allen shooting. Wow, has been fantastic. Wow. I mean, you look at over that span in twenty eighteen, he was the QB two in twenty nineteen. He was he was top five. This year, he's top five. He has been that guy, and you That's can buy wild. him for much less than those other guys. So you and I, you know, we debated this wow. a little bit last week. It was big on Twitter. You know, I was mm-hmm. advocating going from Kyler Murray to Justin Herbert and adding a mid-first. Yeah. Would you be willing, and I'm going to throw this to Monk first, would you be willing to move off of Kyler to add a first to get Josh Allen?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it kind of surprises me because I thought he was widely valued in that second tier, and if that's not the case, then I'll certainly have to go out and send some trade offers after the season, but to me, it's Patrick Mahomes in that top tier, and then Murray, Allen, Watson, Wilson, um, and what, the the rookies maybe, like Burrow, Tua, those guys are all in that second tier, so I, I don't think that Murray's worth significantly more so if you can get like Wilson plus a couple seconds or even Wilson a first or any of those guys plus a first, then absolutely I would sell Kyler Murray for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a smash except
0: kind of mood here where I'm like, I'm willing to move back from a lot of those guys to get to Josh Josh Allen. I know, John, we went over this a couple of weeks, you know, last week mm-hmm. that I was a little bit on the crazy yeah. side, you know, Twitter sided with me a little bit and I know you love Kyler. You didn't want to move back yeah. from Kyler to Herbert for a mid first, but let's say, Tyler to Josh Allen for a first, would you be willing to do that? Hearing where he's at, he's been the QB one over that time period. He's been top five every single season. I know he's in Buffalo, but are you willing to do it?
2: I I think I'm convinced here. Um, I'll say that I would do that. Um, I, I do. And I'll kind of reinforce this again. I do think that there's a few truly elite players that do command more value than, and, and there is a steep drop off in some cases in what you need to get for those players. You typically have to pay a premium at an auction or a trade up or whatever to get these guys there. And, and for me, Kyler's in that group, along with Mahomes, CMC, um, you could you could put in Barkley, you could put in a couple other guys, but there's very, very few people in that like stratosphere, that layer that um, you, you really have to consider. But in this case, just hearing what Josh Allen's done uh, in in getting a first on top of it, I'd be comfortable doing it. I'd, I'd say it's close. I'm probably not um, as close right. as um, maybe the two of you guys are on it, but I won't call you crazy this time. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, are our we guy cool? Dave Kluge, <laughs> you know, at D Kluge ninety, um, yeah. great guy in the Smash. Except exactly. he took him at one hundred and eight two weeks ago, and I was like, wow, that is early. Mm-hmm. But is it? I mean, the the performance yeah. that's spoken spoken for itself. His rushing floor, he keeps getting better year after year. Josh Allen is a great guy. Wow. Yeah, Guys, Cole
2: Beasley.
1: John, oh, sorry to interrupt. John, if I can offer some perspective here.
2: Yeah, Um, please. I need some perspective right now. So
1: just uh, FYI, so right now of the top five or six quarterbacks who do run a lot, uh, the average touchdowns per rushing attempt for both this year and last year for the top Mm -hmm. five uh, rushing quarterbacks has been about 6%. Mm -hmm. And right now Kyler Murray and Cam Newton are clear outliers because they've scored on about 10% of their carries. So if you took away four of Murray's touchdowns, so giving him that average 6% touchdown per rush, he would have 284 fantasy points. Uh, This is without points per carry. And that would make him the QB five behind Josh Allen and Russell Wilson.
2: Without the, wow. Yeah. No, I mean, I love Kyler. You just kind of, um cementing my love for the guy.
1: So I'm just saying he's been awesome and he'd still be a top five guy, even if his touchdown rate were lower. Mm-hmm. But he'd be right behind Allen. So they're they're pretty yeah. close in that same tier for me. I love Yeah, it. right on. I, Good I stuff, love that Hmong. you
0: bring that stuff, Monk. Because, like honestly, if you guys are not following Monk, you you should. I mean, this guy, he's got it down. I mean, you bring out these facts, and I absolutely love it. And it just it takes everything to a new level. So I mean, just wanted to it's that, it's that time of year. You know, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you bringing those I'm, kind of I'm things. I'm feeling this love here. You yeah. know what? I'm not, I, I didn't call that.
2: you crazy tonight. I haven't called you crazy. I'm
0: <laughs> dangerous. It's Baker Mayfield this week. I mean, I was oh, the biggest. Wow. I, I got this shirt on Amazon, and it was it was like all faded and red. So they gave it to me for free. You know, I was like, hey, this isn't I even I like the Mr.
2: T one better myself. So it's
0: okay that I, that I have a Baker Mayfield shirt on. But I was all about him last year.
2: Not a fan. What he
0: did this week, he looked fantastic. Now, he had three straight bad weather weeks there. He comes mm-hmm. in, and he balls out this week, you know, over 400 yards, I believe four touchdowns. He looked great against a good – Tennessee. well, Tennessee's not good in the past game, but a, a good overall Tennessee defense. And on the flip side, you know, A.J. Brown gets dinged up, and Corey Davis, who I've been saying even since I was still doing the stuff at the refinery, watch out for that fifth-year breakout – Corey Davis looked fantastic with a career high in targets, receptions, yards and looked the part of a guy that I'm willing to put into my fantasy lineup. Talk to me about these two guys. Talk to me about Baker Mayfield a little bit. Talk to me about Corey Davis. Obviously people would rather talk about Corey Davis cuz Baker Mayfield isn't that exciting, but John, Corey Davis. I mean, I took him 101 and I've been here in the Flack ever since. He looked great on Sunday.
2: Where are Davis truthers at? You guys still out there? I, Anybody? I think most of them think, have
0: stopped. I, I think, They've quit Dynasty Fantasy yeah, Football. Yeah, they like
2: deleted their Twitter accounts. I know. And, I think they yeah.
0: moved on to like bowling on the weekends. You know, like they, they just try to stop watching football. They're bowling, maybe golf, and then when uh, it's a little bit warmer out there.
2: No, I mean, but this is a post-type guy, okay? And he's having his best season. You got to stop and look at what's happening here. Um, because, yeah, I, I'm guilty of writing off both those guys and you do have to be really careful about your biases. I mean, 182 yards in week 13, 12 targets, uh, 11 receptions. I mean, look, that that game in Cleveland was a shootout. So, like, I temper expectations of what we saw. Like, I don't think that Tennessee is going to have Tannehill throw it 45 times. I also don't think Baker is going to put up those kind of stats. Tennessee's defense is actually 31st now in terms of fantasy points allowed uh, to to QBs. So, those two things just be cool, Pete. Like the Twitter mob, calm down a little bit. But Corey Davis, okay, he's he's out targeting AJ Brown when they're locking up AJ Brown, bracketing him, trying to take him out. Corey Davis has become a really reliable target, and Tannehill is, is looking his way. And remember, if let's say they do shift back to run, they run, 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 play action, throw downfield. Corey Davis is getting open downfield. He's so he's getting the, the 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 deep threats. It's not just AJ Brown, and so. You got to pay attention to these things. And then, you know, look, Tannehill is occasionally was going over the tight ends and the, over the middle, but A.J. Brown, anybody seen this guy, heard from him? Like, rest in peace. Corey Don't Davis is the peace, new number two.
0: How many fans offense. can we separate Corey Davis and A.J. Brown?
2: Oh, I, yeah, I, it's it can't be that much right now. Four. I, I couldn't tell you. Four. What?
0: did ball uh, out. And one, I love well, well, A.J.
2: Brown time, though, right? Is but that, anyway, I get your
0: point. I think AJ Brown misses time, but I mean mean, Corey Davis has been right there with. He has two points less than CD Lamb. If you want to compare guys that you know, and I'm not saying he's worth the same as CD Lamb or anything like that, but he's had a nice resurgence. He's had some value, and that's a great thing to point out for that post height sleeper. You know, you pick up those kind of guys that everyone's all about, and then they don't have that good season, and then that value drops off. Um, Yep. Mung, is Baker Mayfield worth starting here? down the fantasy playoff stretch, obviously in superflex one quarterback league. Don't even think about it, but is he worth starting in, in a super flex league since Jarvis Landry has been out? You know, he's shown some signs here. He he's a little bit more of a game manager, but is Baker Mayfield
1: worth starting? So real quick, uh, one note to add to all the Corey Davis love. Um, The comparison that I made for Corey Davis, and I, I do a redraft podcast as well. Quick plug, it's called the Fantasy Football Addicts. Um, but I talked just two days ago about comparing Corey Davis to Prashad Perriman because their situations are super similar. Perriman, right. uh, you know, last year was his fourth year. Mike Evans hurts his ankle. I think it was week 13 or 14. And Perriman was a league winner. And part of the love for Corey Davis right now is that John U. Smith is dealing with a knee injury Yes. and with Smith there, they were splitting targets a bit more, but with Smith out, it's been right. all the Corey exactly. Davis love.
0: And so, I feel like post haircut Brashad Perriman, you know, when you look at his early mug shots, when he was the homeless predator, you know, he had the, the hairline that was back further than mine, you know, and he was 21 years old. Brashad Perriman had all that hype in the beginning, but that that's a great, Great guy to to point out there, you know, and, and kind of move in that direction. Sticking with Tennessee, you guys know I've been advocating this. I've been blowing up Twitter. I made another trade today to pick up Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has become obtainable because he had that that rough game down the stretch. You know, a lot of times people treat this time of year as a redraft mentality, and he only had sixty yards. But the game script, when they found That's themselves right. down behind twenty eight points, Derrick Henry didn't become that guy. I think Derrick Henry is still someone to buy to win yourself a dynasty championship. We talked about him. We talked about Aaron Jones. We talked about Eckler. Who are some guys that you guys are buying right now? Are you buying those three guys? Is there anybody else that you're really like, I got to get this guy before week 14 starts? Because I think Derrick Henry is a lock this week to put up 18 plus fantasy points and get you to the next round.
1: Yeah, I mean, real quick, transitioning from Henry, uh, you know, Dante Foreman's a super chief handcuff for him. If you want to pick him up for free, maybe pay a fourth round rookie pick for him. Nobody really has faith in Foreman right now.
0: Even McNichols, I got free everywhere. You know, he, he ended up being the guy with the negative game script that came in. He got his first career touchdown and got some, you know, slop time receptions.
1: Yeah, and if you want to get deeper here, you know, Ito Smith, we've seen that Todd <laughs> Gurley's dealing with those knee issues. So Smith is getting a lot more work down the stretch here.
2: Dogs didn't approve of Ito Smith.
1: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: We weren't talking about Cleveland, but you know, there's a little bit more dad joke humor. Mm-hmm. This one's been <laughs> jokes dad
1: jokes. Yeah. And, bounce, and if you want bounce. to get super deep, if you're desperate, I play in some deep formats here. Probably just for this week only, but if Frank Gore's out with that concussion, Ty Johnson could be a workhorse again against a Seahawks defense that just allowed almost 200 rushing yards to the Giants running backs.
0: Yeah, Ty Johnson, Josh Adams, those are guys to pick up basically for free. John, who's taking you to the fantasy yeah. championship this week? Who is a guy where you're like, you know what? I might have Saquon Barkley injured, or I might have a guy on my on my IR I'm willing to move back. I want this guy because he's going to put me in the title round.
2: You know um, what? Uh, just, a, just shifting off the running backs for a second. If you can, if you can get Aaron Rodgers right now in, in a dynasty league, go get Aaron Rodgers. Go turn on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and 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 just embrace it. I I think that he's going to be a league winner. I mean, he's looking like the a potential mvp for the nfl this season and i think to look at his schedule down the stretch that's a guy that i'm buying Uh, i actually have him on a couple of my teams and i'm feeling really good about it i'm looking at the matchups he's just been dropping points like crazy every week consistently
0: yeah
2: and so loving that one i mean also we talked about aaron jones too i mean that green bay combo there uh that that 77 yard run from aaron jones was awesome um, maybe you could pick up Josh Jacobs for cheap because he's been slightly out of sight, out of mind. Some panicky owners. Jacobians, where you at, man? Shout out. Um, no, I, I think maybe Jacobs is kind of an interesting buy. He's looking at, he's going to have the Chargers week 15, Miami week 16. Um, and so, yeah, those are a couple of interesting buys. And like, like always, I'm still buying J.K. Dobbins. Throw that out there like once a week.
0: You got you you're all on that J.K. Dobbins thing. Um, you know, and I'm all about that too. You know, another guy pick up James Robinson's been fantastic week after week, you know, somebody that's definitely worth playing there. For me, though, it's those big three. It's Aaron Jones, it's yeah. Derrick Henry, it's it's Austin Eckler. And I'm willing to pay up to win a championship. We've talked about this. Devon, you talked yeah, about exactly. Aaron Rodgers, but if you can pay up and Devontae Adams is on a non-contending team, pay the price because he is the clear cut. Dynasty wide receiver one. He's the guy that's going to win you the championship and has the potential to put up 30, 35 points and just win you a week. So thank you so much guys for tuning in. Um, you know, this is another great episode. Appreciate and and love you guys, you know, coming on here. It's been a fun episode. Uh, appreciate everyone that, that tunes in, you know, you guys keep hitting us up with those five-star reviews. You can find us on Twitter, you know, it's at smash Accept pod, um, you can find me at Dynasty underscore dad FF. Uh, John, Monk, why don't you uh, tell anybody any parting shots and where they can find you or what you have going on?
2: Yeah, I'm from, from this point forward, I'm going as playoff, John, I Ooh. completely shift into playoff mode. I absorb every possible thing I can. And so, yeah, sure. Bring your trades, but also bring us your playoff matchup. Sit me in my DMs. You can find me at Dynasty underscore trades because I'm consuming everything I can. I'd love to help you out. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm having some fun. Thankfully I can sit back a little bit. Some of those bye weeks, all that effort, all the pods and Twitter polls and everything's paying off a little bit right now, you know. But um yeah, definitely let us know how we can we can help you out.
0: I love that playoff, John. Uh, I pretty much put myself out there as as Mike. Sometimes I'm date Mike. Prison Mike, you know, a little bit of office humor. I'm about to be Pizza Mike because my girlfriend just ordered some pizza. Shout out to her. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where you can find me. But, Mung, what are some things you're going on, you know, that you got going on in as far as where people can find you on Twitter?
1: Yeah, I mean, always so much to talk about. Never enough time. But, you know, we talked about Miles Gaskin last week. He's a guy I love that you can still get for a second. He's a workhorse right now. Um, Wayne Gallman, uh, you know, no, no name value there, but he's been a workhorse. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about the playoffs. I know a lot of people don't play in kicker or defense leagues anymore, but for those of you who do, you know, I, I roster two, sometimes even three defenses based on the, the playoff matchups over bench guys who, you know, you're not going to start. And, uh, you know, as John said, if you guys have, you know, sit, start questions, waiver questions, whatever it is. You can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G, and my stuff's over at fantracks.com.
0: All right. Love it. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. You can tune in again next week and uh, enjoy the process.
1: Good luck.